Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mayday, 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 Grizz Nation. Tonight we've entered a state of emergency. The biggest woge bomb of all time for Grizz Nation was dropped today, approximately 5.30-ish p.m. Central Standard Time. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN tweeted, for the first time, Memphis will begin listening to trade offers on franchise stars Marcus Saul and Mike Conley, according to league sources. Memphis has reached a crossroads and is preparing to weigh deals involving one or both of its cornerstone veterans. He follows that up to say he's got a story posted on ESPN with more details. This is a state of emergency. (laughs) I repeat. (laughs) All right. Enough of the theatrics. But seriously, guys, what is going on? Thanks to everyone for tuning in to an emergency edition of the Backdoor Cut Show. Uh, I'm your guy, Barnburner Bro. With me, I've got the Barn Chief, Slick Rich, and Barnburner Slim. Slim, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm drinking. And Rich, how are you? <laughs> I'm drinking. Orange Sam, juice. how are you? <laughs> I'm drinking, but also we asked for it, and this front office delivered, baby. This, this shit's going down. I mean, now Maybe. that it's out there, are y'all like a little more nervous, like just to pull the trigger on any trade? Like now, at this point right now, I'm like, man, are we really about to trade Mike and Mark? Like, <laughs> did this finally come? I know, I know. It, it, when it finally came, like to reality, I was like, damn, this kind of feels weird. Like I've been asking for it though. Right, right. Yeah, I be, yeah. About every game for the last like three weeks, I'm like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this, but. It, you're right. It seems like really real right now. It's like when you, you know, when you're about to bungee jump at like the beach or something at Destin and you walk to the edge and you look down and you're ready to go. But then when you get to the edge, you're like, oh shit, bro, that, that thing could snap and I could be a splat there on the ground. <laughs> and with this front office shepherding us where we've have been uh-huh. and where we are going, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. All right. Well, there have been a ton of armchair GMs, much like ourselves, <laughs> on Twitter posting uh, different proposals for Mike and Mark, some for Mike, some for Mark, some together, some with Chandler somehow. Uh, Bleacher Report has compiled a bunch of those 
uh, and kind of have looked through those. We've had a few hours to kind of dissect what the rest of NBA Twitter is thinking uh, involving their teams and our two cornerstone pieces. So we'll just give some quick thoughts on who, where we want to see these guys go if and when they are to go. So we'll start with Mike Conley, the second. All right, Sam, what is of all the trades you saw or ones you've conjured up? What do you think? What would you like most to see with Mike? Well, first shout out Mike Conley Jr. Um, This is just weird to talk about. It's kind of like when you're about to break up with your girlfriend and you think all the good times you had, but it is time. And with Mike Conley, I think there are a ton of good deals that I've seen proposed. Now, whether any of these are actually on the table, I don't know. I think the name of the game here, though, is young player, young promising player, uh, or picks. And you're probably going to have to take on some expiring bad contracts to make the money work because Mike does make you know 30 mil a season, uh, which is only going to go up as he finishes his, his remaining three years on his deal. So the one I like the most uh, is one that has been – out there quite a bit, uh, you know, with respect to Mark, but it is a trade to Dallas uh, effectively for, I mean, really what you're getting out of there is Dennis Smith Jr., uh, their young second man, second year man out of uh, NC State, their athletic phenom, their, I think, sixth or seventh pick in last year's Nine. draft, ninth Nine. pick, who has not, you know, hadn't necessarily panned out, but certainly is kind of in the way of that, the Buddy Heel deal that we've talked about um, in the past couple of days. So, I think he's a, a guy that can maybe develop and become something and could play along with Jaron, which is important when you're looking to build around Jaron. Uh, so I like that. I like, I like Dennis Smith. I don't think you get a pick out of that. I mean, would love a first as well, but doubt you get both send Mike to a team to play with Luca and a, a Dallas team. that's really trying to win now and, uh, and start competing back in the playoffs. Yep. That was definitely one of, uh, you know, two cornerstones being tossed around uh, recently with the, DSJ drama. All right, Rich, we'll go to you. Uh, Mike Conley trade. What you thinking? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I was just reading through all of the trades, and one that kind of stood out to me in particular was actually a three-teamer. Um, so it actually included both Mike and Mark. Um, mm-hmm. So in this trade, you know, get back a young promising player as well as some guys that possibly could contribute. So this trade uh, has Mike going to the Orlando Magic. As Mike going to the Orlando Magic, you know, I think similar to Sam, it's tough to talk about. You know, Mike's been here forever. You know, it's our guy, but I think all good things must come to an end. Um, so this one has Mike Solo going to Orlando, uh, Solo Dolo. It has Memphis getting back. We get back Aaron Gordon, the high flyer, athleticism. Uh, he's actually expanded his range this year. He's a solid three-point shooter. So he'd be getting back Aaron Gordon. Uh, Jonathan Simmons, who I think may or may not have peaked a few years ago with the Spurs. Um, hustle player, hard-nosed defender, um, can score a little bit. Uh, has us also taken on uh, high school Memphian phenom, Skyle Labissier. Um, So maybe he could be someone who could possibly resurrect his career um, back home in Grind City. Uh, and then finally, um, there's another player they're adding on here, Zach Randolph. Hmm. So it also has <laughs> our boy Zebo coming back home, the mayor of Memphis. Um, and then finally, it has Mark shipping him out to the Kings, to Sacramento, Solo Dolo. So we'd be getting back Aaron Gordon, Zach Randolph, Jonathan Simmons, and Scow. And, of course, the, the prize from that package is definitely Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. who I think is kind of stuck in the log jam down there in the Magic with Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac and what have you. So I'd be interested to see a young front court tandem of Aaron Gordon and Jaron Jackson Jr. for years to come. 
Yeah, do they work together, you think? I mean, I, I, I guess Aaron at the four and Jaron kind of slides at the five, which a lot of people think is going to be his natural position. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I think so, man. I think they both have range, so they don't need to be clogging the paint together. Um, I think they can play off of one another. Uh, and I think they could both, they're both still so young. They could just grow together and blossom. So I'd be interested to see that play out. All right, Mason, we'll pass the ball to you. Uh, for Mike Conley trade, what do you, what have you seen out there or come up with yourself that you think might be a good place for him? Probably, I, I think you're going to give something that's good for him and Memphis. You what know, you I love my boy Mac 11, <laughs> so I got to take care of him. Um, and I think one of the thing, or the things that I'm looking for is I want a young, talented player uh, <laughs> or a pick, like Sam said earlier, and like everyone wants. But I also don't want to be taking on money back beyond next season. Um, so n- next season, I'm fine to take on some of, some of these bad contracts because we're trying to suck anyway and these players aren't going to be good so they're going to help us achieve that goal um, if we succeed in trading Mike and Mark. Mm-hmm. So my trade for Mike right now, the favorite one I have, sends Mike and the cast god Omri to mm-hmm. Philadelphia and the Grizzlies would in turn get Wilson Chandler and Mike Muscala to make the money work and then we would get our young prospect in Markel Fultz We might be able to get a first rounder from Philly because it'll be a late first rounder um, for this draft. So then we're also getting in the draft, even if it is kind of on the back end of the first round. And for me, as a basketball fan and someone who enjoys the game but wants to see Mike Conley go do some some go somewhere and play well with a chance to win a title. You got Mike. JJ, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid, and that's a fucking problem. Yeah, that's a squad right there. Yeah. And we've seen the Sixers, they're swinging for the fences, man. Like they're trying to win now with the Jimmy Butler trade. And so that that's something they do. They're, I mean, right? This is what you stock up those assets for. Yeah. And like this makes it okay to give up your late first round pick this year or, and Fultz, right? Because you don't need them if you get Mike Conley. Yeah, and I think I mean that's already one of the best starting lineups in basketball since Butler's been there. So that ooh, ooh, that'd be pretty dangerous out there. So what? Okay. Mike plays the two. Uh, yeah. Mike, he would play kind of the off-ball guard, but you could also run him in pick and rolls with Embiid, and also even with Simmons. I think would be an interesting <laughs> wrinkle. Um, and you you got so much talent there to stagger the minutes between Mike Simmons and Jimmy that I think you'd be fine. And Caspi may even step into, uh, you know, the role that Muscala and Chandler play for them. I'm not sure how much they play, but, uh, you know, Muscala is not a great player or anything like that. So they're not losing a lot. And Wilson Chandler's kind of had his heyday already in Denver. So I I think it kind of makes sense for both teams. And that's the one I have my eye on. Yeah, that's a fun one. I think I saw Harrington retweeted someone who had tweeted that at him. And he, he mentioned that it wasn't a bad idea, but that's the one that's really caught my eye. Okay. Yeah. That, All right, bro. What do you got? Fun. All right. Uh, one I saw on Twitter by Eric Salinas. Uh, he said, uh, it's a Pacers deal. So let's see. It's Mike uh, by himself goes to Indiana. In return, the Grizzlies get Tyreek, Corey Joseph, and Kylo Quinn, who are all on expirings and also get. Uh, we also get a first round pick from them, so that upgrades them at point guard over Collison. And I think you know Pacers are <coughs> competing pretty heavily in the East, so 
gives them a chance to make a run over there. Uh, and we get, you know, all that money off our books and a pick. So I think that accomplishes the, the goals that we've kind of talked about already. So well, maybe, the, maybe we took the three best options, but that trade sucks for us, dude. <laughs> Why we get that? no talent back and we get a late first round pick. Yeah. It's going to be a, what, 15, 16, 17, 18 range, you know, maybe lower twenties, but then you get to make that run for, for anyone in the free agency that you, you know, might may or may not have a shot at. That's okay. a lot of money let, that gets freed up though. Too, Cause I just read David Cobb's article. Any Grizzlies plan moving forward that relies on anything from free agency is not going to work. We can't sign free agents. So that, that I guess that's where the root of my vileness that just came out towards you, uh, <laughs> which I apologize. Hey, up, bro. You just you get to the living room and hey. he's, hey. he's got too much room. Listen, kingdom yeah, over no, there. We, you've got to be passionate about this stuff because we've got to get it right. <laughs> and right, I so, I think relying on free agency is not going to do anything for our franchise. Restricted ever. free agency, we can, though. You know, that's a kind of a different deal because you can extend an offer sheet and the team can match it or not. That's, that's a different animal. So maybe, maybe he was referring to – he has his eye on a guy that's an RFA. But uh, I agree. We have never shown we could sign a free agent. Yeah. I mean, so there's no reason that, to we assume. Got, ah, no. We got I, Kyle. I don't, I don't see us getting necessarily a, I, I don't know. At this point, I'm like settling on getting a first round pick regardless of where it's at and maybe trying to do something with it. You can do, yeah, you can package it with other stuff. And I mean, it's true. They're at their assets, dude. They're like gold these days. And we just, we gave away two pieces of silver. So I just want a little bit of gold back. Yeah. Give me some myrrh too, maybe. Uh, so <laughs> do we think that, um, here's some interesting wrinkle I read on Twitter that the notion that, do we really trust this front office that's gotten us to this point and may not be here after this year to d- make these decisions right now? Because uh, theoretically, if they know no. like I'm gone, <laughs> if, they, if they are thinking, if they can get a whiff of the fact that they might, no, no. their asses might be about to be canned, w- would you set your employer up for the greatest success if you knew you were going to be canned in like six months? I don't know. It's kind of kind of weird deal. So does this mean, I guess, is that, the, the synthesis of that question, does this mean that, that Wallace and, and co are sticking around for the long rebuild, hopefully short rebuild? Yeah, I, that's, I don't know. I, I would say that if they're going to get a chance to handle this, whoever handles the rebuild from this point going forward, or like it should be one set of people. I don't think it should be something that gets started and then botched and then handed off to someone. We need to figure out who's going to do it, hand off the reins to them and make the best of the situation. Cause if it's, if it is going to be like, we need to go ahead and get rid of Wallace and them now, if, if they're, it's just going to be, if they're not going to be there through the entirety of it. Cause I don't think that you can, then you're going to have mixed cultures, mixed ideas probably on the process. And you're just going to end up with a jumbled mess. Yeah. I mean, I would think Wallace and them would do it in a way that they're, this is their last ditch effort to save their jobs. Um, you know, showing that they can make a trade and in, in what seems to set the franchise up for the start of a rebuild. So I wouldn't be worried about that necessarily unless the boss, who is Robert Perry, comes out and says, yo, I'm not bringing y'all back. Um, I would assume, <laughs> well, assuming with this franchise gets you in trouble. So I won't, I won't, I won't <laughs> even go into that. <laughs> no, give me that take. We'll just, we'll put an asterisk next to it. I mean, if, if it's a, 
if it's a good organization, then you will have those conversations and you'll either like cut, cut the ties like Zach was talking about, or you won't. And then you wouldn't fire them in the summer, you know, when you had the chance right now. Why, why wait is my, is my question to everything Grizzlies related nowadays. Mm. Yeah, we, yeah, I agree. All right. Move into the next man uh, who's been there along with Mike, uh, Mr. Marcus all, what uh slim we'll start on the back end with you what what trades did you see out there for mark that you would prefer um i've heard this one several times on kevin o'connor talking about it with chris somewhere chris vernon but it's the charlotte deal where mike or mark goes for biombo malik monk and like another salary filler i think um and maybe a second rounder or something like that you get malik monk in the deal a guard who can maybe play with jaron maybe not but he's got more upside than anyone on our team and you got a desperate owner and michael jordan who wants desperately wants his team to get a playoff win you know not just make the playoffs but win a series once they get in there so you gotta you gotta find someone desperate like has been said um to prey on teams like like we once were trying to take that next step into the next tier of their conference foes. So the Charlotte deal is what I would go with just because of Malik Monk. But I, I, there's not a lot that I'm super privy to unless, unless we get DSJ, which, you know, maybe, maybe not. Rich, what about you for Mark? Is that, do you have another one outside of the one? Uh, the yeah. Yeah. Three team? Okay. Yeah, so the one uh, from Mark that's kind of stuck out to me um, is I think we've already mentioned it, Mark going to Portland. Um, so in this deal, Portland would receive both Mark and Caspi, um, and we would receive back Nurkic, Mo Harkless, Zach Collins, and Anthony Simons. So in that, you know, you're looking at Nurkic, who's always he's been a solid contributor. Um, I think this kind of sets Mark up in a situation where I think he could really thrive um, down there in Portland, up there in Portland, excuse me, with uh, McCullum and Lillard. Um, and then I think Anthony Simons has to at least be just only 19 years old. So you still don't know what you have with him. Young, uh, interesting prospect. Uh, Zach Collins is a seven footer with three point range. Um, and then you got Harkless, who can hit the open three. I wouldn't necessarily call him a knockdown shooter, but I think Harkless can score a little bit as well. Um, so I would definitely look into, you know, shipping Mark out to Portland and probably receiving some of these prospects back. So, Okay. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Sam, for Mark? Uh, I mean, I, the DSJ one would be more ideal than my Conley one. I would certainly rather trade Mark to Dallas than Mike and have Mike to offer different. Cause I feel like Mike's the better trade piece for whatever reason, uh, mm-hmm. even though it makes more money. Um, but I would, I saw a Kings one that kind of intrigued me. So the, the deal would in principle be Willie Cauley Stein and Zebo and Costa for salary matching purposes to us and a future first for Mark, uh, and Willie Cauley Stein hits free agency next summer. So I guess we'd be able to run them and see if we maybe wanted to offer him a deal. I think I wonder about Jaren's ability to rebound. So to some degree, I think it might be beneficial to pair him with a kind of a true, five that just kind of hustles and rim runs and rebounds his dick off and um, kind of like a Steven Adams type. And Jerry would play kind of the, they play like four or five. I don't know, but that's one I saw that we hadn't talked about. So I'm not super excited about it. Although future Kings first, you know, in two years might, might still be pretty good because they might not be able to get over that hump. And you kind of like the Grizzlies were right before we got to the, those 50 win seasons. Yeah. 
No, definitely. Yeah, I think the, those two were uh, the Blazers and the Kings were two that kind of stuck out to me. The Blazers one seems almost too good to be true with Nurkic. I feel like because he's he's only making twelve million, uh, about twelve million, and he's still got four years left, and he's a good player. It's definitely a solid player for that value. And you know, Collins, a young guy, and Simons, you know, you know, we don't know what kind of potential he's going to have. Uh, so, but I think I would definitely do kind of go for either ones. They hit at least one of your buckets, you know, I, and I know I feel personally that right now, Mark is, he's like the third most, he has like the third trade option. Cause I think honestly, right now, I think I mentioned this the other day that Jamichael is almost like you, you can get just as much back for him as Mark in, in a lot of ways uh, with the, with the way that he's playing and folks need to back up power forward and, a lot of time, a lot of games, Jermichael Green's been the best player on the court for the Grizzlies, which is probably not a good thing. You don't need him to be your best player. You're not going to be a super solid team if that's going on. Yeah, Temple Temple could be a decent asset too. Yeah, yeah, and then those two would probably uh, – I could see them getting thrown on to anything because there's really yeah. – you have a lot of expirings this year. A lot of the work we did this summer, you know, Mac and Mac and Caspi – we can get rid of. We could trade Holiday for a bag of chips. Um, a lot of those guys are going to be expiring this summer. All the kind of the lower end of our salary pool. Yeah, I think anybody want Noah? <laughs> <laughs> Noah uh, might be our starting center, huh? I guess. Yeah, Ain't uh, that something, huh? He needs to stay here because it's not too lit here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. somebody might need him. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty interesting that all the contracts except for Kyle this offseason were one year expiring. So it's almost like there was this weird contingency plan in case this shit happened. <laughs> I don't want to give him that much credit, but uh, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it, it was cert- kind of savvy given what's happened now. Like our entire roster is expendable now, except for Jaron, literally, and Kyle, I guess. And maybe we as fans are overvaluing Jamichael like we did in free agency two years ago when he couldn't get a deal. Maybe we're overvaluing Temple. Maybe nobody wants these guys who are a huge reason why this team is so trash. Like I know I went in on Mike and Mark yesterday, but the the rest of this roster sucks. Yeah. I'd be willing to trade Kyle too. I know he's been good this year or whatever, but Yeah, I'd be willing he, to do it for the right he, deal. Is he more than a like is he a a starter in the NBA? I don't know. I can't say that with certainty. I'm not so sure. Mm. Do I we think, think it happens? Do we think this gets done? Do we think that, that – do we think come February 7th they are no longer Memphis Grizzlies? Mike and Mark. If you had to bet. Both of them or – so my pick, I think Mark will be – Mark will be moved. I think my pick is also that Mark will be moved, but I wouldn't be utterly shocked if both were moved. I I don't even know. I mean, who this front office? There is absolutely no telling. We we could look up February seventh at as soon as the deadline passes and have the same roster. Like that wouldn't shock me in the least bit. Or we could get rid of half the team, which is what I think we should do. And so I'm I'm going to go ahead and say they're both gone, out of respect for them. It's just the the writing seems to be on the wall. Mark had that in er, the one on one with Peter Edmiston that was published today in the Athletic, and I mean that was just somber as hell. If you want to like light some candles and just cry before you go to bed, re- read that with a glass of 
scotch or something. And then, uh, you know, Mike saying that yesterday's game felt like we lost the game seven. Um, Mark has he was saying repeatedly in that story that it sure feels like everyone is just like waiting on something to happen, um, kind of implying like people expecting them to get traded or him to get traded. So I think the writing's just on the wall. Um, you know, I, I can ask, and I understand the benefits that everyone says of not trading them as well, but I'm trying to get some assets and, and get ready for the future. I'm not worried about 2021. We'll worry about that when it gets here. Yeah, I think the, to to notify guys like this and say, hey, you're on the block and to make it such a public thing is kind of, would be the definition of weird flex, but okay if we didn't end up trading them. I mean, yeah. because you cannot do that too. You can quietly shop players around. <laughs> as we've seen, you know, and, and uh, you don't have to do this whole song and dance unless you're like fully balls to the wall, ready to do it. So the Woj bomb and the, the publicity of all this, it's the most important story on the NBA right now. Yeah, like, right. Uh, I think it would be bizarre if you didn't. And then we look up and they're still on the roster. How awkward is that? It's like, you still live with your ex. I mean, to some degree, and I know it's the NBA and I know it's a business, but there's no way in hell that wouldn't be awkward as shit. <laughs> if we look up and it's February 8th and we're playing a game and one of those guys is still on the roster after all of this hoe blue, um, unless we just literally don't get a, you know, any reasonable offers. Right. So uh, we can look back in hindsight now and assume that the Robert Perra coming to town was probably the conversation in which he informed them that this was going to happen. Um, then I would think that the team has probably been quietly making calls and they're probably not, getting the offers that they think are fair value in return. So now they go public. That That's kind of how I'm, I'm envisioning things happening in my mind. What do you guys think? Like why go public? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how it works. I don't know specifically how it works in terms of the, how you shop guys quietly. And if you can truly get, or if guys, if people are going to call your bluff and be like, Oh, you really don't want to move these guys. Like if you did, then you tell Woj, you know, that could be very well, something that someone said i don't know but i could see that totally of happening yeah who knows who knows yeah definitely it's interesting to see just you know what the actual market value is out there um i think rick carlisle came out a few days ago was basically saying like you know they're welcoming dennis smith back to the team you know they're integrating him back into the roster and you know dennis smith that dallas that mass train was something i was really liking it was something i would have really been all for so it's interesting to see you know if some teams are like kind of back and back and saying you know what maybe we'll just stand pat maybe they're not worth what you know we thought they were yeah and february 7th isn't that when the uh the pick them for the all-star game is too like they're picking the teams you know the same day so. yeah it's that That's a lot going on that day yeah. that seems yeah, kinda, it's, too much. it's like they're trying to brush under the like sweep under the rug the picking or something one of the two because you can't i feel like that's just too much going on in one day they're trying to like overshadow it or something i don't know because they didn't do it last year they're adding it to the schedule this year but maybe they kind of did that begrudgingly and they're just kind of sticking it on the end of an already super busy day i don't know just something i thought about today food for thought not super relevant to this but man things are happening uh okay uh before we get out of here anybody got a favorite conley or gasol moment off the top of their head that you can think of (sighs) yeah my my favorite mike okay uh, my favorite mike moment was the mass man game uh game two of the warrior series where you know he had i think mike had broken his face in game four or five of the portland series prior 
sat out game one. We got demolished, as many expected us. Backs against the wall, game two there in Oracle. And Mike Conley drops like, I don't know, like upper 20s with literally like on painkillers, high on painkillers, can't feel his face. And, uh, and it, I mean, it united a city to literally wear cheap Halloween masks at game three and back in the forum, which we also won that game. And uh, caused Steph Curry to ponder in the Blue City Cafe there on the corner of Beale. And decided to beat us. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and clicked himself and then decimate us. But uh, still, that that was a kind of a, a a small microcosm of his meeting to the team and sort of the what we stand for as an NBA franchise during that era. I think for me, the, the memory I'll have of Mike is his performance against Kawhi in the first round of couple years ago like the last memorable or important basketball i guess that mike's played that's kind of how i'm going to remember him how he just went toe-to-toe with Kawhi leonard yeah them boys were trading buckets for like every game that, that yeah that was that something, was something to watch yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah i think for me uh i definitely think back to that 2015 series with the mask uh, I remember watching it in my dorm room uh, in college, and I remember you know seeing Mike go down and then come back, and he's just he's just killing it, like just has the ball on the string, getting it any way he wants, just you know all heart. And I remember my dad texted me, and he was like, "and and to receive praise from my dad takes a lot. Like he he's not one to issue a lot of praise. He texted me, I think it was like four simple words. He was like." That Conley boy, good. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I got that from my pops, I was like, "Oh shit, my, Mike, you made it, dog." You made it, bro. <laughs> Just seeing him kind of put the team on his back in that series, you know, there was a chance there was a moment where I was like, "Damn, we might pull this out." Um, but in that in that uh, capacity, I was just like, "Damn, Mike, like you really stepped up to the plate. You laid it all on the line. Like we couldn't have asked anything else of him in that series." So, yeah, and how fitting for that series to end with. Jeff Green turning the ball over to Steph Curry for the shot that ends grit and grinds uh, to end the third quarter in game four in which we were leading and had like a 15-point lead. Um, so appreciate that, Jeff. Uh, yeah, those those Mike Conley moments, can't beat those. You, you also remember the time when he was shown on the Videotron, uh, maybe it was game five against Portland, when when he had the black eye and he was sitting in the suite and like the, the lights oh, were all yeah, dark yeah. and stuff, so... That was super dope. What about Mark? Any anything stand out for Mark for you guys? I think oh here I don't remember which I think it was a game winner when he did the Conor McGregor strut. Oh, the that was pretty good. In, yeah, in L.A. against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. It was early in the season. Yeah, that was when he he had first added three to his game, and and you know, and, and teams didn't know what to do, so he was getting open three after open three after open three. How ridiculous to look back now knowing Fisdale was coaching that team. He had moved Mark out to the three. And then a couple months later or a year later, Mark gets him fired. And here we are about to trade Mark. Man, what a summer that year was. Uh, my favorite Mark moment was the – he won Defensive Player of the Year uh, in 2013, I think. And uh, I remember Tony's reaction was hilarious as hell because he, he like, was pissed that I guess that – I guess he took out told by Lionel that Mark won and Tony was like, what the hell, you know? And, and cause he, I guess that the, they'd always, you know, hung their hats on the team defense. And if, it, you know, if Tony probably played as much a part in Mark winning that award as, as Mark did himself and keeping the guards from penetrating. But that was a, that was just a fun kind of moment with the team and the camaraderie of that, the core four. 
Uh, I think for me, there weren't a lot of bright spots last year, but one moment that comes to mind is uh, the Spurs game. And I think Mark like uh, hit a three to send it to overtime. Uh, I think from the top of the key and then just in overtime, like the Grizz just took over. And uh, I think that game was in San Antonio. So that was just a really uh, cool Mark moment for me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very uh, sobering, this whole uh, whole experience. But anything else, guys? Y'all remember when Mike Conley went on Wob show to be an all-star for Memphis for oh, the first year? That Damn. didn't age well. That's tough. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I just thought about that. Like, how, That was literally like hey, six weeks ago. Maybe he'll get moved to the East and actually be an all-star. I hope so. Next man. year. Shit or, for real, man. We'll see. So let's, before we, how likely is it that, that these guys don't suck at their next stop? Both of them. I think very likely because they're going to be expected to do significantly less no matter where they go. And I, that, that's, that's what they need now is I think that Mark is a fourth guy on a good team, a really good team. And then Mike is, you know, now he's expected to be the go-to scorer every single quarter, that he, every single minute he plays. He will not have to do that if we trade him to a good team. So I think they'll be more, more efficient. They might not have the same stats, but they'll be better players uh, as the stats will show. Yeah, I can't argue too much of that. I definitely, I think that the numbers they're getting, they'll still, they'll still be able to get that uh, where they're going. I think that I think they are appropriately achieving what they should be achieving from like numbers wise. It'll just be, it won't be as big of an impact on the team that they're going to. Hopefully, yeah. Wherever Mike goes, man, I think Mike's going to turn up. So I'm excited to see Mike possibly get a change of scenery and kind of ball out do his thing so i know mike's gonna turn up for sure do right by him c-dub send them somewhere where they can hoop let them get a ring right for sure shouts to mac 11 and big spain the boys it's not over yet guys we'll we'll save the ode to both of them for for the next time yeah we can (laughs) close on some sad music on another day when we actually know what's happening if anything actually happens. If anything happens. Buckle up, Grizz Nation, because the next couple of weeks are going to be a fucking ride. Woo! Buckle All right, up, man. Buckle Appreciate y'all listening. <laughs> All right. Peace. Yeah. Peace. See you later. And man, I miss the times we would shine. You would keep me on your side. You would teach me how to ride and you would teach me how to pride. Then we get on the line and go over our lines. We were in the same position and that's when you change position. Shit, I never change and I miss.